Well, welcome to Ed Central Live. This and every Saturday, we have the privilege of coming to you at this time, uh, talking about issues of our day, culture, context, and more. Uh, my name is Ed Stetzer. I have the privilege of serving as a dean and professor at Wheaton College, uh, where, I, where I also lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, and uh, and also have just returned from a week in New York City, uh, meeting with the Lausanne Global Leadership Team as we're talking about how we might uh, look forward to what's going to be called Lausanne 4, the, uh, we the largest, most re- representative gathering of, of the Evangelical Christian Church uh, in Seoul, Korea in 2024. Looking forward to that. So I've got uh, Mission on the mind. I've got New York on the brain as well. And if all goes well, we'll have our guest in a few minutes who will help us to discuss a bit about uh, his journey there in New York City as well. Uh, let me mention up the front of the show that we've got a great team bringing this show to you each and every Saturday at this time. Uh, our amazing producer, Karen Hendren, engineer, Courtney Young, and today, Ryan Hansen is manning the phone. So we're deeply thankful for him and for them and for our partnership together. Um, we are going to take your calls a little bit to later today as well. Our hope is to be talking about uh, Fathers and Father's Day, and particularly in around the idea of raising sons. Now, I was actually uh, raised by a... Uh, uh, single parent at times, single mom at times, sometimes uh, with dad and mom together. And so for me, I know a bit of that journey and some of the challenges of uh, of on being on the son side of fathering, but less so as the father of three daughters, less so on the uh, father side of that reality. Uh, today's guest um, is going to be John Tyson. John Tyson serves as the lead pastor of Church of the City in New York. He's the author of Sacred Roots, A Creative Minority, uh, The Burden is Light, and his newest book is The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. And I love the phrase uh, courage and char- character. I mentioned a few minutes ago that I was in New York all last week. John actually lives in New York with his wife and his two children as well. I've had the privilege of having him teach for us at the Wheaton College Graduate School, and I've learned to just so much appreciate his ministry as well. We are in the process of trying to get him on the line. We've had some technological difficulties, but hopefully he'll be here soon and he'll be able to join us uh, in that conversation. If that takes a little while longer, let me share a little bit about the book. Again, it's uh, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage, and character in the description itself, self-initiation, I'm going to address that with him, is killing our young men. Without strong mentors, boys are walking alone into a wilderness of conflicting messages about who they should be as men. It's no wonder that our sons are confused about what the world expects from them and what they should expect from themselves. We actually see, this is now me talking, not me reading some of the introduction, we actually see some of this reality in the crisis of young men all across our country. Where um, some of the some of the bigger challenges is uh, are things like um, how how do we how do we raise men how do we how do we um, how do we how do we disciple young men and more um, and so we're going to talk about that as well and we're going to take your calls to do that though I want to kind of first start um, with a little bit of conversation with you. I'd like to kind of hear maybe how your father has impacted your life, and we'll share some of those examples uh, as we're coming up into the Father's Day weekend. I'll share mine in just a moment, but our number here is 877-548-3675. Again, our number is 877-548-3675, or we're waiting for John to join us. Maybe you can join us, share a little story about your own father and the journey that ultimately... 
Uh, maybe he was an encouragement to you. I've shared a little bit about my own journey where I, I was raised in a home where we had an absentee father, very close to my father now, but um, due to, and he shared his story a bit, due to the destructive influence of alcohol in his life, we were very distant as we grew up in our uh, childhood. And for a while, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, didn't have a father figure and father influence in my life, which is what we're going to talk to John some about. And uh, and now he's a great grandfather. We have a great relationship. He's he's uh, went through a recovery program again. He shares that publicly, so it's not a it's not a secret. But um, but the the to see the transformation in his life has been a wonderful thing. He's a wonderful grandfather and more. And we'd love to hear some. Uh, examples in your journey as well, and maybe where a father has been impactful in your life. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. So, uh, okay, good. So they tell me that we do have John here on the, the line. So John, welcome to Ed Stetzer Live. Good to have you on the program. Well, good to have you for sure on the program. We were a little nervous there for a bit, but welcome. Are you there, John? Okay, I don't know that he's there. So we will continue maybe for just a moment. So at Courtney, Courtney's our amazing engineer. If you could let me know if we have John, that would be great. John, are you there? I hear your voice. I hear somebody breathing. Is that you, John? This technology is not our friend today. So, John, we're going to try to call you on a different number if you can't hear us. We can't hear you, so um, we can hear a little bit of the background noise, but that's about it. So, again, let me invite you uh, to give us a call. Again, our phone number is 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. For my Father's Day plan, um, we tonight, my daughters, I'll be preaching in the morning, so... Uh, at a different church. I'm a guest speaker somewhere else. So tonight, my our plan is our daughters. I have three daughters. One lives in another country, so two of them will take us out, um, take take me out tonight, and then uh, we'll have a wonderful Father's Day dinner. And then after that, uh, I, I will sometime during dinner, I'm going to require them to sing to me, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's the plan, at least. So we'll see how how that goes as we uh, as we look forward for the Father's Day weekend. We have some calls coming in, so we're giving our chance a screener to to screen those and share a little bit of people's uh, Father's Day uh, maybe recollections or Father's Day even tribute and recognizing that there's a uh, diverse exp- experience that people have when it comes to fatherhood. Again, I was pretty honest and transparent uh, that for me, uh, my my younger years weren't a good experience. We didn't have a good relationship, father and son relationship, but now have a wonderful close relationship with my father. Maybe you might have experiences similarly as well. And again, our number is 877 548 Three six seven five again. That's eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. We're going to be talking in just a few moments to John Tyson. John is the author of several books, including the newest book, "The Intentional Father: A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character." So we're going to get to the 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 sons conversation in just a few moments. We'll get to that in just a few moments. But again, inviting you to share some of those. Uh, examples as well, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into hopefully our conversation with John once we get this technology figured and settled uh, together. So uh, so we'll take your calls in just a moment again eight seven seven five four eight three six 
877-548-3675. And if I could ask Courtney on my team to let me know uh, the situation with John, uh, let, maybe we may have him on the phone. So let's go ahead and see if we do. And we go here. John, are you live on the air with us? I'm hoping. Okay. Maybe not. Okay. All right. Well, we are just not having a lot of success today, but that's, but that's okay. So we'll give it just a minute more. John, are you there now? Um, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, John. So welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us on Ed Stetzer Live. Okay, thanks so much. Not sure what's going on with the tech here, mate. I do apologize. That's okay. We're glad we got you on a phone line, and that's great. So let's let's jump in, and we're going to have some calls because I've asked some folks to share some stories of their own fatherhood. We uh, our call or getting some of those calls on the line as well. But you just tell us a little bit about uh, you've written this book, and it's called the. I've already done the introduction, lots of the introduction. Uh, but you describe yep. today's boys as walking into a wilderness of conflicting messages. Talk to us a little bit about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, to take a step back, um, most cultures in history have realized that young men and the energy that sort of develops around adolescence in particular has to be shaped. Otherwise, that energy goes sideways and damage happens, not just to the young man, but also to society. So they've come up with these pathways to try and guide that um, yeah, adolescent energy into something redemptive and something helpful. And so... We live in a time of history where, for the most part, those pathways have disappeared. There's no cultural pathways. There's a debate about what gender is and uh, the importance of even uh, getting you know, young men in particular together to sort of walk through those things. So as a result, we're seeing the fruit of that, losing that pathway, losing that intentionality. We've got uh, unprecedented rates of depression. Uh, we've got kids who are just riddled with anxiety about the future. They lack confidence and uh, in some senses overwhelmed with fear. So those conflicting messages are telling them something uh, in our society that doesn't match up with their internal experience and their core desires, which is a need for development and pathways and mentoring and uh, a way forward. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk uh, more with John in just a second. We're going to take your calls as well. Uh, and John, before we got you on, I came. I was actually raised in a home without a particularly present father, single mother for a substantial season, and uh, I don't have any sons. So I'm. I've got three daughters, three awesome daughters. So this is all going to be new territory for me and for our conversation today. Glad to get you on the line. Your calls to 877-548-3675. We're going to jump into our conversation with John Tyson in just a moment. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hi, we're back at Stetzer Live, and we're talking to John Tyson about his book, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. The book came out actually last year, but obviously it's Father's Day weekend, and we want to have him on talk about this on Father's Day weekend. Also should mention that as a father, I've told my children that they're going to have to feed me dinner and go get my shoes and all those sorts of things that I remember 
when I was a kid that my father had us do as well. Funny how we sort of take those patterns as well. So we're talking to John again about his book, The Intentional Father of Practical Guys to Raid Sons of Courage and Character. Uh, John lives in New York City, by the way, with his wife and two children. And John, you talk about developing a vision for our sons for the day they leave the house, which is, um, you know, when you're raising them throughout that whole journey. Um, what does that look like? What kind of vision are you seeking to develop on this journey uh, with sons? Well, uh, number one, I just want to say, uh, you know, I've got a daughter as well. So most of the there things I'm saying definitely, definitely apply to raising daughters too. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the things you get this weird sense, both of my kids have now left the home. My son is uh, going to school in Hawaii and my daughter's at uh, school in the South. One of the things that, that I wanted to do was to basically um, do the, the exercise that Stephen Covey talks about, which is begin with the end in mind. And uh, sometimes parenting can be so hard, so overwhelming, regardless of the stage, whether they're toddlers or elementary school, middle school, high school, that we can get so caught up in the challenges of the moment. We can forget the big picture of forming them into functional and godly adults. So I basically put a date on the calendar um, and said, okay, this is how much time I have left with my kids. And then what do I want them to know, be, and do? So that's about character. That's about information, gaining wisdom. And then that's about the core skills they need. And then how do I basically lay out a pathway for them to develop into the kinds of people who know who God is and how to navigate the world, have the skills to be able to do that in the most important areas, and um, have the kind of character um, that is necessary in a secular culture like ours. So, yeah, and then I would just basically almost uh, like a school of life, work my way backwards through those categories to try and get them ready for the days that they leave. And, and honestly, even though that may seem a little daunting, it actually brought real psychological freedom to have the plan in advance for uh, the years that laid ahead. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, let me write your calls as well. We're going to talk about raising sons, but John, I actually asked the people to call in while we're trying to work the technology out and share some stories uh, of their father as well. I'm hoping to go to Ronnie okay. if we can uh, in Idaho. Here we go. Ronnie, you're live on the air with uh, go ahead and share your story. All right. Um, I have an awesome gift from God in my dad, a great godly man. So I wrote this poem for him and uh, oh. we'll share it with you right now. Okay, good. Right. Go for it. Today is Father's Day. So let's find ways to say thanks. Thank you for loving me, no matter what I did. Thank you for being proud and always saying, that's my kid. Thank you for working so hard just so I could eat. Thank you for mm. clothing me, putting shoes on my feet. Thank you for the roof over my head. That costs a lot. You are a perfect example of giving everything you've got. I am thankful my dad taught me to love the Lord. He taught me at a young age my Bible was a sword. It took me a while to realize what my dad meant. Now I know time in the Word is the best time spent. If your dad is with you today, shower him with love. My dad knows I love him because he's watching from above. Fathers are the ones who step up to the plate. They are sacrificing men who make life great. The only perfect father is in heaven on the throne. I know it's where I'll find my dad when I make it home. So let's spend some time today and show how much we care when everything's a mess. 
our Father is always there. It's a good word. And I just it's a good word. Thank, thank God for uh, God-loving men like my dad was. Awesome, Ronnie. Thank so, you so much for the call as well. We really appreciate that. I mean, what a reflection, John, on, you know, it sounds like an older gentleman sharing something about his own dad, uh, the legacy of a father in the life of a son right there. When you when you wrote um, when you wrote The Intentional Father, um, you were kind of, you know, you're still parenting, you're still fathering your your son and your daughter. Um, what, yeah. what, what is your what are kind of the hopes you want to hear from them as you have fathered them on their journey of life? Well, I agree. That was a beautiful poem, obviously, um, deeply from the heart. Um, I mean, if my kids wrote a poem like that to me, I'd be, I'd be grateful. Um, I, I want my kids to be able to basically be able to say, I know my father loved me. He wasn't perfect, but um, he's sacrificed for me. You know, a lot of times um, when we think about greatness in the world, we think about accomplishments, we think about recognition. In the kingdom of heaven, greatness is defined by sacrifice for others. And I think what I would really be honored by is my kid said my dad was a great dad. And by that, mm. they meant he modeled incarnational, present, sacrificial love uh, through the days of their life. So, yeah, being a great, in the biblical sense, kind of father is what I'd love to hear from my kids. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, the, uh, let's, let's go to uh, Sam in California. Sam, uh, you're, gonna, you're live on the air. Sam, what's your question or your comment? Um, I don't have a question, but I felt like a tribute to a stranger who became right. a father here in, in America for like nine to ten years. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, um, I, I was a human traffic survivor, and when I was trafficked twice, uh, I didn't know where to go. And um, I think there's a verse in the, in the Bible that says, like, out of your problems, you know, um, sometimes... Uh, what people intend to harm you would be for your good. Uh, I, can't, I can't really say it in, in how it is being said in the Bible, but it seems like the concept was that I have to leave by one of the person I stayed with here in SoCal coming from San Francisco. Then I texted the pastor who I went to in Carson City in California. Then uh, one of his congregation uh, knew somebody that referred me to this phone number wherein I ended up uh, having like a roommate. And then I, my, 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 my roommate was a mess. He was like a drug addict. And Sam, he, Sam, I'm, uh, Sam, I'm sorry. I'm Sam, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, we're having a hard time hearing you. So if you could get right to the point of the father's father figure, I'd sure appreciate that. Go ahead. Um, he, he loved me as his own son without really saying thanks, but doing it for me. I asked God on how I could also be able to pay him back, knowing that people around him were taking advantage of him as an, el as an elderly. And I sacrificed my youth for like uh, nine to 10 years to be able to show him love. And when my family and friends don't understand it, because he is all he's supposed to be with, his children or go to a home or something, I, I sacrifice my own youth to tell them that I am serving God as I am serving Him. And up, and up to the very last breath, which, he, you know, he had because he died uh, in the hospital when he got COVID, um, I was there for him. I wasn't afraid to die with COVID because no one is going to take care of him personally where he stayed. 
So every day of my life for the for the past two weeks, of his last two weeks, I was there in the morning or in the evening oh, trying great. to take that's care great. of him. And um, for for a person who's not Christian, here, here is the 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 key word for a person who's not Christian. He was behaving more than a Christian should behave. And I, the only regret that I have is that I was trying to share him the gospel of God, but it's because of all the frustration that he had for losing all of his assets, his houses, and his businesses, that I think he got into believing wherein. If you think there is heaven, heaven is something that you would have money here in the States. If you don't have money here in the States, then that's hell. So, yeah. Well, Sam, yeah, that's um, a powerful, powerful I, I, story, I, 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 and I, I appreciate both. I appreciate you sharing that story as well. We, I want to get a little bit of reaction from John, if you, if you don't mind, and we want to give you a copy of John's book. If you hold on, our producer will jump on the line and give you a copy of The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. So here's somebody in Sam's case who actually had a father figure kind of come into his life and intervene. Um, so let's talk a little of that because before before we got you on, I talked a little bit. I you know I didn't have a present father growing up, but I did have some father figures in my life. What does that look like? Yeah, I think that um, we need basically what I would describe as a council of men around us to raise us. You know, sometimes in the U.S. we can overdo or romanticize the role of a father, but even in, in biblical times, it was a community of men who were stepping in. And playing that role. So we, you know, we do live in a world where a lot of people come from single homes or they have an absent dad. And I think this is actually an opportunity for followers of Jesus to step in and play that mentoring role, father figure role, coaching role, that strong male figure in the lives of people. And because as followers of Jesus, Jesus gave us the word father as a distinctive, a theological distinctive, we have the opportunity to step in and to model the love of God, even if it's not with our kids. And um, so, yeah, it's a huge opportunity in our world today. And I think one of the things um, that the church has a real, real role in playing in our world. So, yes, yes to a community of dads. Yes to mentors. Yes to stepdads. Yes to coaches. Yes to mentors. All of those things. uh, I'm all about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. For me, a youth pastor who really just spoke into my life and became... Uh, you know, particularly when my mom was raising us alone, became the father figure in my life. Now I have a very close relationship with my father, but that took years to to uh, to build that relationship as well. And we're talking with John Tyson. What about your calls as well? Uh, we're gonna and maybe you got questions about raising sons. That's the theme of the book, The Intentional Father: A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. Our number is 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. So talking some about sons, John, what wisdom, uh, lessons, what what should we be giving to our sons? Well, I think uh, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what does God want to happen in the lives of young men as compared to the way that our culture is shaping people? Um, and I want to be clear, my book is called The Intentional Father, Not the Perfect Father. So mm. the goal is to you know, consciously identify who the person is that God has called us to raise. So this, the first component is you know, sort of, I think, generic wisdom that young men need to make it through life. So those are things on like dating and sexuality. Those are you know, what to do with a young man's strength. That's about how to walk with God. It's about how to be a brother to other people. 
It's how to have a servant heart, walk in integrity, those sort of basic levels. But then secondarily asking the question, who's this unique person that God has given me? My son, in some ways, is very similar to me. And in other ways, he could not be more different. And so I think an intentional father is trying to figure out how do I win this particular kid's heart? Who has God made them to be? And instead of just projecting my desires onto them, it's, it's listening to their heart, drawing it out, and then figuring how to equip them for the life that God's calling them to do. So two kinds of lessons. One, generic wisdom all young men need. Number two, specifics for the kind of person God's made them to be and what they're going to need to make it through life. Yeah, good good insights for sure, good insights. In, in about a minute, and then we're going to take a quick pause at the bottom of the hour, but about a, about a minute, what would you? What are you calling parents to that is unique and important in your book? Um, I, am, I am calling the, the big idea is intentionality. And a lot of times we get parents who are involved in their kids' lives, but they're not intentional in creating a pathway. So even though they love their kids and they're around their kids, the kids end up being more shaped by media, social media, their peers, um, things they see on television. And I'm wanting parents to be intentional about designing a pathway to help them flourish into adulthood. Love it, love it. We're going to continue our conversation with John Tyson in just a moment. Again, with your calls, our phone number is 877-548-3675. And if you have parenting questions, this is a great time to have some of this conversation, a big part of our theme, particularly raising sons. Again, 877-548-3675. This is a topic I know nothing about. So, because I have all daughters, but I'm happy to have John Tyson on and continue the conversation with him. 877, about raising sons, 877-548-3675. Hey, Ed Stetzer Live. We're back. We're talking to John Tyson about his book, uh, published just a few months back, called The Intentional Father. A practical guide to raise sons of courage and character. We're also inviting your calls in and around questions you might have about raising sons, uh, what that looks like, and more. And I think it's an important conversation that we're having today. Uh, let's let's first go to Marvin in Grays Lake, Illinois. Marvin, you're going to tell us a little bit of story about your dad. So let's go to. Oh, sorry, apologies. Give me one second. Marvin, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Good morning, Marvin. Joe. Are you there? Oh, uh, great. Go, go ahead, Marvin. I'm. Okay, uh, I'm the son of a Swedish immigrant, and my father led me to Christ when I was eight years old. A year later, he died, and uh, this was obviously very devastating. But I have to give my uh, mother credit. She and my father were in such sync that she continued to work with uh, my uh, brothers and I and just used my father's memory as a way to tell us this is how you live for Jesus. And as a result of that, uh, I'm, I'm just deeply grateful and realize, hey, whatever time you've got, use it for the benefit of your children because you don't know when your father's going to leave. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, in my case, it was very suddenly when I was very young. Wow. Well, that's Barbara. What a great story, too. One should hold on the line. Want to give you a copy uh, of the intentional father. So, so there. I mean, there's a story where a dad just had one 
you know, a short time. And yet what an impact he's made on Marvin's life. So uh, talk to us about those 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 moments of impact. Right. What you know, how do we help our sons to have that relationship? Because we don't know how long it might last because of, well, circumstance like his dad died. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was a powerful story. I think one thing that's, that, that marks me about that story is that the father didn't assume that the pastor, youth pastor, VBS worker, senior leader was going to lead his kids to Christ. I think sometimes as parents, we can think, well, if I put them in the youth group or they go to a Christian school or they're a part of a youth program, they'll get the gospel somehow. I love a dad who sits his son down and says, I want to tell you what it means to follow Jesus personally. So that's an example of the power of an intentional father. Don't assume that what you want to happen in your family is going to happen if if kids participate in larger Christian events. I'm not opposed to those things. I love those things. But that's the beauty of a dad who's doing that. Uh, We we do know our lives are a bunch of ordinary days filled with life-changing moments. You never know exactly what's going to happen that shapes a person's life. So one of the things um, I try and do in the book is help people come up with a list of all the moments they have in the next season that they can consciously prepare for so that they can get the moment right. And it's just even having a little bit of a, a little bit of forethought. You know, the list I had uh, included things like first heartbreak, first death of a pet, um, first exposure to pornography, um, first bullying first exposure to drugs, um, exposure to beautiful things, first trip together as a family. And I, and I basically try to just go back to my own life and then look at the culture and say, what moments have the power to shape a young person forever? So there's those big moments you want to plan for and get right. And then there's just those smaller moments God puts in front of you, a conversation on the way to school, a song comes on the radio, your kid asks a question. It's just that awareness of seizing these divine moments God puts in front of us and intentionally shaping them into the path that young people are called to go. Yeah, it does seem that there's, you know, the whole thing about, well, I want to have quality time, quantity time. I don't really even know what those things mean because some of the most quality time comes when we're spending quantity time. And yet at the same time, yeah. you know, as a dad, I, I took my daughters, uh, when they turn 10, I take them on a trip anywhere they want to go in the U.S. just for a week, her and me. And, you know, so we've gone to Montana. We've gone to... Southern California, we've gone to Alaska, and, you know, those are powerful. I mean, we have pictures on the wall of those moments, but some of the most yes. important conversations were just when we were driving down the road and talking about something that came on the radio. It seems that there's a, uh, I don't know, how do you balance that out, or how do you think about those quality-quantity ideas? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things we forget in the book of Ephesians, when Ephesians 6 talks about parenting it's under the category of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So Ephesians 5 says, be filled with the Spirit. And then it goes to show us that our marriages need to be Spirit-filled and also our parenting does. So a huge part of it is, is trying to walk in the Spirit in our parenting. Holy Spirit, give me insight into what's happening in my kid's heart. Holy Spirit, prompt me to speak or prompt me to listen or prompt me to be quiet. So I think we need to get the pressure out of our heads that we have to get all of these moments right and lean into the help of the Holy Spirit who can show us what's happening in our kids' lives and how to respond. So, yeah, more than anything, it is about spirit-filled parenting and following the properties of the Spirit in those moments, large or small, and trusting that he's going to use those seeds we sow um, to bear fruit later in our kids' lives. Yeah, such a great conversation. Not just Father's Day, but all the time this conversation just matters. We're going to go to Jim in Tennessee. Jim, you are live on the air with your comment. Go ahead. 
My father was uh, not very emotional. Uh, I never remember seeing him cry except one time. And he was conducting a Gideon service at our church one Mother's Day. He was talking about his mother, and uh, she had died when he was a younger child. And uh, the, uh, as he was talking about that and, and the Gideons, he he talked about the Jesus that my mother had loved and taught him about. And as he was describing Jesus dying on the cross for her and for him and for all of us, uh, he broke up literally and wasn't able to finish his uh, discussion mm-hmm. until you know, a little while got control of himself. But that really impressed me with how much he loved the Lord and he got that from his mother and he passed that a lot along to not only me, but to the whole church that day. Oh, Jim, what a great, great story and example. If you hold on the line, we want to give you a copy of John Tyson's book, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. If you already have it, share it with somebody else. But I mean, I, I think, you know, with dads, you know, we're coming up on Father's Day. Your book's not about dads. It's about sons. But you're a dad. It, it is interesting that those there are breakthrough moments, I think, with dads. Well, I don't know with every dad, with this dad, with me and my dad. There seem to be breakthrough moments when people get a glimpse of something even deeper. How do we how do we cultivate that kind of uh, breakthrough moments, not just where it happens suddenly or surprisingly because of something that's happened. But, but I mean, part of what you talk about in The Intentional Father is having intentionality with some of those moments. How would you encourage us to do that? Yeah, there's a wonderful book uh, on the power of moments um, written by Chip and Dan Heath, and they're, they're best-selling authors. And they basically say there's, there's, there's a way to understand moments that shape us. And one of the, the best uh, things that I've done is you take an ordinary moment and you infuse it with 25 or 50% more than you would normally put into the moment. So for example, it's, it's the power of surprise. It is elevating the experience. So to give you an example in the book, um, if you find out your son loves uh, Philly cheesesteaks, well, you can go to the mall, you can get a Philly cheesesteak and you can have a great time. But imagine that, and this is true, in Philadelphia, there's a Philly cheesesteak that costs $100 at a, at a steak restaurant. And imagine you, instead of just driving to the mall, you put a suit on and you drive your son to a restaurant and you get a $100 Philly cheesesteak. Your son is going to probably remember for the rest of his life the power um, of that particular moment because it's going to stand out from those ordinary things. So sometimes it's designing um, bigger moments. You mentioned something I think is very powerful, which is taking your kids on trips and having that extended time where the defenses come down. And so you can put those either into the calendar monthly or into annual trips. I did a similar thing uh, with my son. We, uh, after he did a gap year, we hiked the Camino de Santiago together, 500 miles across Spain, spent 33 days processing his entire childhood and his pathway into manhood. Uh, I took my daughter to Iceland and we drove around Ring Road for two weeks, just immersing ourselves in beauty and just processing. So I think if you put them into the calendar first and then you build your life around them, you'll avoid some of that regret that we can have when our kids are gone, which is I wish I'd done more large things. I wish I'd been more strategic. So I try and tell parents, just like you use your strategic gifts at work, Use your strategic gifts in the home and do it for your kids. And I think most people um, have more skill and vision than they're aware of if they just turn their attention to doing this with their parenting. 
Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Good, helpful stuff here, too. want to invite you. we got one segment left with John Tyson. I want to take your calls on raising sons. Uh, we got a call. We're going to come to Patricia in just a moment. Ask about raising grandsons. Uh, we've got a few others as well. Your moment to call is now 877-548-3675. We're talking about raising sons, taking your questions with John Tyson, his new book's The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. Your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live, continuing our conversation with John Tyson. He's a pastor in New York City, uh, and I was just there all week, John. Before he came on, we were talking about I was, but I was over in Flushing, so I didn't get to come hang out okay, gotcha. in Manhattan. We had, we had our global leadership meeting for a little Zon movement. So, but good. It was always good to feel the the fresh air that is New York City. Um, so anyway, uh, we're talking about your book, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. I want to get to one more call, and then I've got a couple more questions as well. But let me also invite you, maybe you got questions about raising sons. That's what we're talking about here, about raising sons. You can call us at 877-548-3675. Patricia, you're live on the air with your question, your comment. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you both for taking my call. God bless you both for what you do. Well, we're out here looking for answers. Um, I'm a grandmother of a 23-year-old um, whose father and step-grandfather have both been uh, just disengaged and, and really not uh, intentional in leading him, uh, raising him up. Um, my husband was a Vietnam veteran is a Vietnam veteran, and uh, he, rose, he raised up my sons uh, kind of in a harsh way, real militaristic and authoritative, and so he disconnected early and left the house at 16, and I didn't see him again until he was 30, and that's to tell me I was going to be a grandmother. So, it, you know, the process repeated itself. He disengaged. He, both of them have, um, you know, smoked pot, and my son has done a lot of other things, but um, we love our our grandson. I, we love our we love Michael, but I, I just want to know he's going to be twenty four, and I'm wondering is it too late for me to do anything? I love on him. He just is disengaged too. I can't really mm. get him to draw him out. I've offered to take him on trips to Hawaii or Yosemite or get flight lessons, different things, and he's just not interested. He just keeps his phone plugged into his ear, and he doesn't work. He didn't finish school. His parents never were really engaged with taking him to school, letting him go to school, and he liked school. And so there was right. always that, that tension. And so that's hmm. my question. Is, is it too late can a grandmother do something? Well, let's 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 hear what John has to say. But I want you to I want you to hang on, Patricia, because uh, we want to give you a copy uh, of John's book. Again, it's the intentional father. But I think that's a great question, and I love that you're asking uh, that question. Let me set it up a little more, John, too, because one of the things you know, I got daughters, so daughters, I can talk to my daughters. Like they're always seem ready to talk. They got a lot of words, my daughters. Uh, but I see like sons. And they don't seem to, like, I mean, they're kind of a little bit, again, every son's different and unique, and every daughter's different and unique. But what Trish, Patricia describes seems more common among the sons than the daughters. So respond to her comment and give us a little wisdom and insight. Well, Patricia, you asked, is there anything I can do? Yes, there is something you can do. And I can tell that you're the kind of person that will do this too. You can do in prayer for your grandson what you are unable to do in person. 
Um, mm. The history of the world is men's lives who have been shaped by the prayers of their mothers and their grandmothers. And I, I want to encourage you to begin to pray and maybe fast one meal a week. I'm a big believer in the power of fasting. And just begin to ask God to break into his life. If he seems closed, there's somebody who can get into his heart, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so I would just encourage you to commit like never before for praying for a divine intervention into his heart and to be persistent in this kind of prayer. Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So sometimes there's that need to really contend and to press in. So I would encourage you to do that and then wait and see if God doesn't bring some opportunities for you to be able to step a little more deeply into his life, or he may put the phone down and be open, something could happen in his life that throws him away. I'm thinking of um, Susanna Wesley, who was a, a woman who had 19 sons, nine of them died, uh, 10 of them she raised, her husband was pretty disengaged, was I think imprisoned at one point, and yet she prayed for her kids, and two of those kids were John Wesley and Charles Wesley. So the prayers, the covenant prayers of mothers and grandmothers can have a potent effect. So I would encourage you, if you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you are not. God's promises and God's power are available. I'd encourage you to press in. I love your heart. It's obvious you care. Stay the course. Keep pressing in. Um, Ed, to your second question about um, sons not talking. You know, I heard one um, therapist say this. If you want to know who your son really is, Listen to him playing video games with his friends when he doesn't think you're around. And I'm telling you, you will find that men actually have a lot to say to one another about almost every topic under the sun. So I think that perhaps instead of expecting our sons to come up into our world and join us in our kinds of conversations, there could be value in stepping into their world. Go to the things they love. Go to their passion points. Talk to them on their terms. And I've often found when I'm willing to enter in, doors of conversation open up um, that are surprising and you get more insights into their heart. So to me, the key is going to their passion points, their interests, and um, there may be conversations waiting for you there. Yeah, so good, so good. Again, we're talking to John Tyson. He's a lead pastor of Church of the City in New York. Uh, he's the author of several books, but we're talking today about The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and character. At what age, John, do you feel you're really raising your son to become a man? When do you start thinking that way? Well, I mean, honestly, hopefully uh, when they're in the womb, praying for Love them, it. praying over them. Um, yeah, so you, you want to have a, a, you know, understand the the stages uh, and phases that they go through and sort of be present as and needed for them. I sort of focus on where most traditional societies are focused which is around the beginning of puberty, age 13 or so. There does seem to be something unique about a young man going into puberty where he needs specific guidance about the person he's going to become if he's going to make it through the valley of the shadow of the teenage years. So to me, I think a lot of times parents can think, hey, I was really engaged when they were little. Now I've got to let them go and figure out life for themselves. I think we actually need to double down during the teenage years and become even more intentional. So, yeah, my book begins with an initiation rite of passage ceremony around the 13th birthday and then walks them into the time they go into college. Yeah, and I think that initiation rite of passage ceremony is worth us just taking a little more moment to explain because cultures around the world actually have these ceremonies where there's a bit of a liminality between, you know, childhood and adulthood and a boy becomes a man. And, 
And, you know, I mean, but we're not we're not the Pocot, you know, in Africa. We're not the Quechua yeah. in the highlands yeah. of Peru or the Iban in Malaysia that have all of those rituals. What does it look like? I mean, you live in New York City. What does it look like? You're not going out and saying, go find and kill the lion and then you're a man. What, what does that look like for you in New York City in 2022? Well, it does require um, a little bit of an intentionality to modernize that ceremony. But it, number one, it's this. It's taking them away from the childhood environment. So you want to have some sort of severing moment that says, hey, you know, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, but now that I'm becoming a man, I put away childish things. You want to mark a moment of saying, hey, we're putting childish things behind you. I did this actually out on the beach uh, near Coney Island, and uh, we basically just invented a ceremony. It was some of Nate's closest friend around his age, and it was some dad's. And we basically laid out a vision about how to walk through these years, came up with a framework, gave them a pep talk, sent them in the ocean like they were getting baptized into a journey into manhood. And we basically tried to yeah, have a community of men instill blessing and challenge to them and then lay out what the following years uh, were going to be like. So then I spent you know, uh, time every day, just, just small amounts of time reinforcing the core ideas I was trying to form in my son. And then uh, we would, at the end of sort of, you know, a phase of development, we would celebrate it by either going on a trip or going out for dinner and then um, walk him through all the way up to taking a gap year where he got to go and, you know, travel the world and experience other cultures. So he wasn't just a spoiled American college kid. And ultimately it ended with that, that hike across Spain we did where, I had a blessing ceremony when he ran into the ocean again, sort of bookmarking that experience when he was 19 and um, with a whole series of letters and, uh, and friends who were cheering him on and recognizing that, that, you know, the development and work that had happened inside of him. So if we don't, we're still, you know, this, we're still creating discipleship pathways where about 67% of young people deny their faith when they go to college. And sometimes what I'm doing may sound too intense, but I think we need more intensity based on how little progress we're seeing at this point in history. Yeah, we've got, you know, thousands of years where cultures around the world have had such kind of transitions, intentional transition moments. And so I love the fact that the Intentional Father addresses some of those issues as well. Again, the full book title is The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Character, Courage and Character. And thanks especially to John Tyson for joining us on the program. Uh, thank you to all of you for your patience. At the beginning of the program, we had some technological challenges, but we were able to walk through them. So I had a great conversation with John uh, today. And so to hear today's program again, you'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or the Moody Radio app. And you connect with us through social media, all of them at Ed Stetzer Live, and Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.